Okay, you know what time of year it is. It is that time of year when we look back on all the big events of 2020. And one of my favorite lists that we review each year has just recently been released. The entertainment value in this list is the sheer stupidity of some people. Kayla Butler is the Ecom Senior Communications Specialist, and she joins us now to run down the top 10 nuisance calls to 911 from this past year. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Nikki. Thanks so much for having us. Let's go through this list one at a time. So uh, first, did someone really call 911 to complain that their food delivery hadn't arrived yet. Yes, that's right. Uh, all of the calls on our list were real calls to 911 this year, and, and topping our top 10 uh, was, in fact, a, a caller complaining that their food delivery driver did not deliver their meal. Now, is this something that's new because of the pandemic and more people have been ordering food, or is this something that maybe you would get in a typical year, just someone's pizza delivery hadn't arrived or their pizza was cold and they were upset about that? Well, we do get nuisance calls every day. Um, this is a campaign that we've been running since uh, 2013, and, and it is something that our call takers admit, you know, they take calls every single day that do not belong on 911, people complaining uh, about consumer complaints. Uh, and of course, this year, as you'll notice with, with our second call, they're inquiring if there's a full lockdown for COVID-19. Um, the pandemic has, you know, added to uh, this list quite a bit. Right. People calling, as you said, to see if a full lockdown is in effect. I mean, it seems ridiculous to you and I to call 911, but I guess there's some people out there that just don't know where the correct place to check for that information is. You know, that is correct. And it has been a little bit of an unprecedented year. We recognize that people are very stressed out. Um, they don't necessarily know where to call, but that's why we run this campaign year after year is to really stress that importance of 911 is a line that's meant for life and death emergencies. So calling in to check and see if there's a full lockdown, of course, is not necessarily a life and death emergency. And there are better resources for that. Uh, reaching out to the BC CDC on their website, calling the COVID-19 hotline, the one eight 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 covid 19 Now, this next point on your list, I mean, there's some of these, sure, that we could say perhaps a person was confused, they just didn't know where to go. But this one is sheer stupidity. Someone calling 911 to see if it's illegal to use a trampoline during the pandemic? And honestly, Nikki, fair enough question. But again, it's not a life <laughs> or death situation. It's not a call that belongs on 911. And it's really important to remember, you know, when you are calling in to ask if it's illegal to have a trampoline during COVID, that's taking away valuable resources from someone that could be in a life-threatening situation. Absolutely. I mean, that's not something that even crossed my mind this past year was, geez, I wonder if I can jump on the trampoline in my backyard during a pandemic. It just seems so ridiculous. And as you said, it again is another call that takes away from the resources that are needed for people who are actually in life or death situations. Exactly. The next one on your list, uh, someone asking for assistance in how to apply for CERB. Yes. And again, very important. And very important to the caller, but not a call for 911. It's not a life or death situation. There's no need for immediate response from first responders, police, fire, or ambulance. And again, much better suited for a resource like the government website. 
We're running down the top 10 nuisance calls to 911 so far this year. This one, again, has me shaking my head. Number five on the list is that someone called to complain that the mattress that they had purchased, it wasn't as advertised, right? That's correct. So the the number five call on our list, like you said, Nikki, complaining that the mattress they purchased um, was more spoiled than advertised. So again, definitely not a call for 911. And that is realistically more a civil matter as well as, you know, you perhaps go in and purchase something from marketplace or something like a mattress, like a couch, definitely not a reason to call 911. Yes. If you are buying a secondhand mattress online, I think that it's a buyer beware situation. Mm -hmm. So if that mattress comes a, a little more soiled than you expected, that is most certainly not an issue for 911. I'm very glad that they didn't submit any photos to you guys along with <laughs> along with making that phone call. <laughs> I think six, we're glad as well. Right. Number six on the list is someone reporting that their bank card was stuck? Yes. So it was a, a matter of the bank card was stuck in the ATM. Unfortunately, they couldn't get it out um, and thought that calling 911 was the best way to get help. But, of course, not a life or death situation. The best place for this caller to have called would have been directly to their bank. Number seven on the list of top 10 nuisance calls to 911 this past year was someone who had a grievance with their neighbor over smoking. Yes, and, and that's actually quite a common call that we get into 911 is really? different sorts of disputes with um, tenancies, landlords. What people don't realize is the best place to, to call for that and the place to get the the help that they need the fastest is actually to either reach out to their strata or reach out to the residential tenancy branch. They'll get the help that they need the fastest and we won't be tying up really important 911 lines from somebody that could be in that emergency situation. So that's something that you actually deal with quite regularly. Then what, what do you say to a person who calls 911 and says, I have a dispute with my neighbor because they're smoking in their unit and this is a non-smoking building? Sure. Well, the first thing is that all calls are treated like an emergency until our call takers can determine that there is not a life or death threatening situation. So the call taker would ask additional probing questions. Are you safe? Has there been any violence? Are there weapons? They also are listening constantly to the background noise to confirm that, you know, the caller isn't trying to hide a situation, that they're free to speak. Um, right. And then, of course, once the call taker has determined that this isn't, in fact, an emergency situation, the caller will be redirected either to the non-emergency line, if it's appropriate, or to the residential tenancy branch, or whatever resource is more uh, appropriate for their situation. I'm glad to hear the background information on how you guys deal with these calls, because there is, of course, the possibility that someone could be calling in with what seems like a silly question, but they're actually just trying to get police help to a situation where they don't feel safe and, and they can't really discuss that on the phone at the time. Exactly. And our call takers will never disconnect a line until they're absolutely certain that the caller is not facing an emergency. Um, again, asking additional questions, really listening to those background noises to confirm. So as we continue on running down the top 10 list of nuisance calls to 911 this past year, one call that you guys received was from an individual who was looking to make a career change, correct? Yes, that's right. So we did get a call from someone that was inquiring how to enter a career in law enforcement, um, which, of course, better suited to either speak with your police agency or go online to their website and, and look up their, you know, join our team section and 
find out how to enter your career in law enforcement that way rather than calling 911 and tying up those valuable lines. Yeah, it seems like you're already off to a bad start when you call 911 to say, hi, how can I become a police officer? (laughs) No, no, (laughs) this is not going to look good on a resume. Uh, Someone else called in to confirm the time. And this one blows my mind because look at your phone. It has the time on it. I mean, that is right. And surprisingly, this is actually a call that we get very, very often. It it was a call that we had multiple times submitted to our top 10 list. Um, It was a call that we received last year for our list as well. And and like you said, Nikki, the the time is actually on most phones. Um, And if you have enough service to dial 911, it's very likely that your phone has enough service to also be updating the time. But there are also more appropriate places that you can check for the time. You can check your local news station, check TV, um, check the, the clock on your oven. There, there are definitely more appropriate resources to uh, check the time than to call 911. Yeah, phone a friend, call your mom, anyone other than 911. Exactly. I'll let you round out this list. What was the top 10, the number 10 of the top 10 nuisance calls received to 911 this year? For sure. Number 10 on our top 10 list for 2020, uh, a caller called in asking for help because they were locked out of their car. Oh, a disappointing situation for them, but not a 911 situation. Exactly. And it's not to say that that situation wasn't stressful or important to the caller, uh, but definitely not a situation for 911. There's no need for immediate response from police. They're not facing a life or death emergency. So it's not a call that should have been on 911. Well, Kayla, thank you so much for running down this list for us and reminding us that there are other options available other than 911 when you are faced with a variety of stressful situations or bad situations in your life. So thank you so much for the conversation today. Yes, thank you so much for having us. Well, now that we can look back on the year that was, how do you think that 2020 went for you overall? I mean, you've heard lots of people say, oh my goodness, what a terrible year that was. I'm so glad that 2021 is almost here. And for many people, that is absolutely true. So many people lost their jobs this year, lost income, lost a family member or a loved one. And of course, in that regard, it has been a truly awful year. But I can say, and I and I say this recognizing that I'm quite privileged to be able to say this, this year wasn't that bad for me. I, I didn't lose a loved one to COVID-19. I, I kept my job. I was able to work from home. I was actually able to spend more time with my family this year. I I saw my parents more and they became my bubble, my social circle. I was able to improve some aspects of my health this year. And believe me, I do not take my good fortune for granted. I know that I was very, very fortunate to have that experience considering what a difficult year this has been for so many other people. Interestingly, though, I'm not alone in that experience. A new poll from Insights West shows the majority of British Columbians are coping well with the pandemic, both emotionally and personally. Steve Mossop is the president of Insights West, and he joins me now. Hi, Steve. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me on the show. So your polling found that the majority of British Columbians, not even just a small percentage, but the majority of British Columbians say they've actually done okay during the pandemic. Yeah, and this is a theme that we've seen kind of throughout the pandemic. And you're right, we don't want to undermine or, or, or disregard the tragic circumstances of many families throughout British Columbians, uh, Columbia. But we do have uh, two-thirds of BC residents who rate the job that they're doing in coping with the pandemic as good or excellent. And that number, even though it's a little bit lower than what it was back in April, 
it it's still it isn't it is a big number and we've got 27 percent who say that they're doing fairly and seven uh, percent doing poorly it's funny because for so many people around us we see them struggling we see businesses closing and you feel guilty knowing that you haven't had that same negative experience but i suppose that you know coming out of this from that perspective it certainly makes you appreciate more of the things in your life that you do have and i know that your polling reflected that as well people saying that they felt a greater feelings of appreciation for the things in their lives that they have we tracked uh, 23 different possible positive outcomes of the pandemic and at the very top of the list, you're absolutely right. It's more appreciation for friends and family specifically. We've got 80% of the general public feeling that way. We also have learning to be more grateful overall. 70% feel that way. And focusing on what's important in life about the same number. So we're at the top three out of 23. It's all around gratefulness, gratitude, appreciation. So how do we break this down by demographic? Because I know that you also found there were some demographics who had been more negatively affected than others. We have seen that throughout the pandemic. A financial impact has been disproportionately felt by women in the province, as well as 18 to 34-year-olds. We've seen numbers that are anywhere from uh, 15 to 18 points below what they are for, for males or those with higher incomes. When we talk about how there has been positive impacts for some individuals, I know that you noted that improved spending habits made the list as a positive outcome. And I can say this is certainly true for me. I've been uh, having less less opportunity to spend money, which certainly helps, but also much more aware of the money that I am spending. So I see I'm not alone, that positive spending habits was noted by other British Columbians as well. That, there's a few surprises in this list, and, and the one that jumps out at me is, in fact, you're right, the spending levels. We've got about two-thirds of the province uh, uh, adults saying that they've saved more money through the pandemic than pre-pandemic, and about the same number say they've spent more carefully through the pandemic. One other aspect of your polling that kind of made me chuckle a little bit. I thought, okay, I can relate to this one too. So many people said that spending more time with their pets was a positive outcome. Well, I can attest to that. I have, yes. uh, we had a brand <laughs> puppy at the, at the beginning of March, just before the mad rush. And so I put this in the poll and we found that 10% of British Columbians have a new pet. Now think about that. You know, four and a half million people in the province, 450,000 new pets in the province due to the pandemic. And then there's uh, people who already have pets, 41%, who said that they were happy they got to spend more time with their pup or their cat or, or whatever else they have. I'd love if you could do a poll where you asked dogs of British Columbia what they thought about their owners being around <laughs> more often. I'm sure it'd be overwhelmingly positive. They will be in for a rude surprise if we ever get back to the office. <laughs> right. Uh, it is refreshing to see, though, that despite what a crazy year this has been, and somewhat negative as well, that people were still able to reflect on the positive. Yeah, and there's a number of other uh, things I'll just point out. There is uh, more home-cooked meals or better home-cooked meals, spending more time with your friends and family, of course, in their immediate household. And then there's the whole area of gardening and household chores or improvements, I should say, that have, have struck the list as well. We've got almost 60% that have done those kinds of things. It really seems like through this pandemic that 
we embraced those simpler things in life, like learning how to garden or improving the garden that you have, learning how to cook or just simply cooking more meals at home if that's something that you previously enjoyed. These really basic skills, often skills that we, we use our hands for, were something that people really embraced through the pandemic, the simple things in yeah, life. Yeah, in, in huge numbers too. We have 40% of British Columbians who have learned a new hobby through the pandemic. That's a, that's a big number that you, in a normal year, you know, might be in a single digit percentage. Well, and I know my neighbors certainly improved their golf game during the pandemic because they go out <laughs> golfing all the time. They have their little bubble of guys they go golfing with, and they're out there, geez, a few times a week I see them go golfing. Yes, they're, they're, I didn't pull that on the list, but uh, doing different sports activities is on, on there as well. Now, what did people say that they missed the most? Well, you know, it's not a surprise if we, we show the things that they're most grateful for is appreciation for family and friends. It also appears on the list of things they missed the most. So visiting and seeing friends and family is at the very top at 96%, 90% for family. Uh, interesting, 96% for friends and 90% for family. So a little bit less, but still very high. And then a, a curious one also appears on the list, eating in restaurants. You know, even though restaurants are open, and we're allowed to go with our immediate household. That is the third most missed item on the list. You know, it's funny because I can agree with that in the sense that uh, I know that I could go with the, the very core people who are in my bubble to a restaurant if I wanted to, but I just haven't been going as much. And I think, you know, before it was something social where you'd meet up with friends, hey, let's go for dinner Friday night, and those experiences are now gone. And I do miss they that. They are. And and the vibe is different. You know, when you go yes. to a restaurant now, it's a very different feeling. It's not celebratory. It's more almost a relief that you can get out, but you're not uh, whooping it up as, as much as maybe we did in the past. And then and then the next on the list, this is no surprise, is travel. Travel in Canada, traveling abroad. Mm. That's uh, 78 and 87%, so big numbers there. Um, but other normal things like shopping makes the top of uh, six list. So 75% of us miss kind of the normal aspect of shopping. Yeah, that's funny as well, because trips that, you know, you would have previously made to the mall, you don't make as frequently, or even trips to the grocery store, it's become a more stressful experience than it was in the past. It is. It's very different. And, and of course, you know, going to concerts and movies and and the gym uh, is all up there watching the Canucks uh, in person, that, that kind of thing. There's, there's a number of things on the list. The interesting one that really stood out to me is the least myth is uh, going to the office. Only 30% of us miss going to the office, which well, leaves the yeah, remaining two-thirds saying, I don't miss that at all. Uh, who misses that commute to the office every day? Come on. <laughs> exactly. Steve, that's fantastic. You're making me feel nostalgic for a time when I didn't have to follow arrows on the floor. Yes, yes. And, and putting <laughs> that mask on and, and all that goes with it. So, Steve Mossop, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Filling in for Jill Bennett, I'm Nikki Reitmeyer. What are your plans for New Year's Eve? Are you doing anything special? I know this is probably going to be a quiet New Year's Eve for most people, right? I think that this will actually be a very good New Year's Eve to work in the food delivery service because I'm sure that most people are going to be ordering in dinner, ordering in pizza, since so many people will be spending this New Year's Eve at home when typically perhaps you'd get dressed up and go out on the town instead. 
if you do plan on going out for New Year's Eve, if you plan on being responsible while doing so, supporting local bars and restaurants, perhaps having a nice dinner with your significant other, the Vancouver police have some tips on how you can help ensure a smooth start to 2021 for everybody. Joining us now is Sergeant Steve Addison, spokesperson for the Vancouver Police Department. Steve, thanks for joining us. No problem, Nikki. How are you? I'm doing well. I guess it's silly to ask. Do you have any plans for New Year's Eve? Actually, I'm working. So oh. I'll, be, uh, I'll be fielding calls from uh, folks like you wanting to know what's going on in the city. That's my right, okay. uh, rocking plan for New Year's. We'll try to keep it as uneventful as possible for <laughs> you. Let's hope then. so. What do you have as far as tips go for how people can ring in the new year, starting with who they should be celebrating with? Yeah, so first of all, I mean, we, we know that 2020 has been a hard year and people want to, you know, mark the end of 2120 and hopefully usher in new beginnings in, in 2021. We just are asking that uh, people do so in a way that's uh, safe, respectful of their community and abides by the, the public health order. Um, and really, in Vancouver, that means um, stay home if you can, stay close to home, and if you uh, insist on going out, Make sure it's with members of your household only. Um, we um, there's there's really no uh, large scale events that are happening in the city. There's no fireworks. There's no ball drop. There's no there's no big events or anything like that. So uh, we're hoping that people do choose to to stay home and and make it a quiet one. Next year is the year that uh, everybody can go out and party. Perfect. And a reminder too that. There's no real point going out after 10 p.m. because bars and restaurants, they stop serving alcohol then. So it's not like years past where you might just be leaving the house at 10 p.m. to go out to the trendiest bar in town to get a good spot for the fireworks at midnight. There's nothing happening after 10 p.m. this year. Yeah, so you're right. The The restaurants are likely going to um, do a lot of business doing takeout and, and delivery. Um, bars and restaurants are open. However, liquor sales stop at 10 so um, once liquor sales stop shortly after that, um, uh, people, the, the bars and restaurants uh, will obviously be closing. So one of the things that um, we're recommending people can do if they insist on coming out is they can, uh, they can come out, they can find a restaurant or a bar, uh, find a TV, watch the, you know, the East Coast celebration in New York, watch Times Square uh, at 9 o'clock, and then once that happens, head home, park yourself on the couch and, and celebrate New Year's West Coast style uh, at midnight. Uh, because really, after 10, there's not, much go- there's not much going on. And we don't want to see, um, uh, see a lot of people uh, wandering around downtown. Well, that's exactly right, because we saw what happened on Halloween, eh? Yeah, we, we're, we're trying to avoid a repeat of what happened on Halloween. And, and what happened there was we did have a number of people who did come down um, as in years past, I mean, it's a bit of a tradition in Vancouver for, for people to congregate, um, on, on Granville street in the entertainment districts. But what happened on Halloween was a lot of the restaurants and bars, when they do close, um, people were sent out, um, outside, uh, on the street and they really had nowhere to go. So it resulted in people uh, congregating on the street and there was, a uh, well-documented uh, number of incidents that happen as a result of that. So that's why we're really trying to get a, get ahead of the game right now and provide some recommendations for people uh, to be safe, uh, to let them know that there will be additional police officers out there um, in the gas town in the Granville Entertainment District um, responding to New Year's Eve-related calls, as well as 
uh, taking proactive steps to encourage people to obey the public health order and uh, possibly enforcement action if people um, uh, choose not to obey that order. Because our number one priority is public safety. We want to keep people safe. Uh, we don't want this pandemic to stretch to stretch on deep into 2021. And um, we're, we're hoping that by, you know, people just staying home and making it a quiet one, it'll help put an end to all this so that uh, we can get life back to normal. Yeah, no kidding, eh? Uh, the other aspect of being safe on New Year's Eve is knowing how you're going to be getting home. If you are going out to have a few drinks, typically people take transit later into the evening if you know they can't find a taxi to take or an uber to take or so forth but there's not going to be extended service this year or free service yeah things are going to be a little bit different in the transit system as well so people do need to plan ahead one of the reasons why we're recommending people stay close to home so they don't have to worry about making a long commute home um people who go out need to need to figure out a way plan ahead so that you're not stranded outside uh looking for uh looking for a way home um, there will be uh, extra police officers uh, conducting um, uh, impaired driving and drug impaired driving and alcohol impaired driving roadblocks. Um, and anybody who's found to be impaired by drugs or alcohol behind the wheel, uh, they're going to get their licenses taken away and they're going to get their cars impounded. So um, think ahead, plan ahead, and uh, make sure you get home safely and on time. So that whether that's uh, planning for transit, an Uber, a cab, or um, better still, um, a short walk home, um, that, um, that's what people need to do. The other concern, I suppose, is that people may not be going out to bars and restaurants and partying on Granville Street for New Year's Eve, but instead maybe throwing parties in their own homes. And I know you guys had to deal with some grief recently through Christmas with a house party being thrown. There was the story that we're hearing in the news today of a 24-year-old who was busted by police for throwing a house party on Christmas. And then he said, I don't even care. I don't have any plans to stop at all. How do you deal with a person like that? So, I mean, people are longing for social contact. People are tired of all this and they want to move on. But, you know, really, really now is not the time. Now is the time to, uh, to hunker down and to be safe. Uh, we're encouraging people to, to stay home, like I said, uh, and keep their, um, uh, keep their gatherings limited to people who are in their immediate households. Um, <clears throat> the police do, VPD does have the authority uh, to issue tickets uh, for $2,300 for people who do host. Uh, unlawful social gatherings and uh, over the last number of weeks the uh, Vancouver officers have attended to a number of uh, uh, residences apartments uh, in response to complaints from the public about people who um, are having um, parties or social gatherings that do contravene the public health order so we're encouraging people don't go to a party if you're invited to one keep it with your members of your uh, your immediate household and um you know what save all your energy for a big party next year yeah there you go right now what should someone do before i let you go what should someone do if come new year's eve they see their neighbor is throwing a rager down the street who should they give you guys a call uh 311 is the number to call if okay. anybody wants to report a violation of the the um uh, the provincial health order it's called the covid 19 health measures act um and that's for anybody who wants to report uh, a social gathering, uh, a, a party, anything that really contravenes the public health order. We want to keep 911 free uh, for real emergencies. Obviously, if somebody sees uh, something that is in need of immediate police attention, if somebody's in danger, if somebody's being hurt, 
yeah, by all means, call 911. But if you just want to report that your uh, your neighbors, you know, setting up tents for a party or there's a few too many guests uh, uh, showing up at their doorstep, make that call to 311. They'll pass it on to us. Uh, we'll get officers out there as soon as we can.